All right, it's the Keith to the City Yankees podcast, and I'm back after 10 days off here, after the Yankees went and swept the A's, they lost the game in Houston, they went 3-1 and one against the Guardians, they went 1-1 one and one in Pittsburgh, and now they beat the Red Sox 6-5 to five on Thursday night at Fenway Park to begin this four-game series, the first time they've seen the Red Sox since the opening weekend of the season, and they're now 3-1 and one against the Red Sox after winning the series opener on Thursday. And the Red Sox have been done in terms of the AL East for a long time, for a couple months really now. Uh, they are there for the wild card for one of the wild card spots. It's really hard to not be there if you're any team for one of the wild card spots with six teams in both the American League and National League getting in. You have to really fucking suck to not at least be even a couple games out come August and September. But the Red Sox are there, and I'm, I'm sure they'll be there. They'll probably get one of the three wild card spots. I think they could all go to AL East teams. You could most likely see the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Rays all getting in. The White Sox are not very good. The Guardians aren't good. The Mariners have been hot, but they're still just 500. So the Red Sox will be there. And these games, while they're not important for the Yankees because the Yankees have run away with the division, they are just can coast here to the finish line. Just stay healthy and get ready for October. Upgrade the roster by August 2nd trade deadline. That's their goals. The Red Sox, they have to win. They have to win these games. They have to maintain their position to get a wild card berth, to get into the postseason. Now, they might not mean a whole lot for the Yankees in terms of where they're going to end up because they're going to end up as either the one seed or the two seed in the AL. And the only way they'll end up as the two is if they completely blow this thing and the Astros who have been as hot as you can be, uh, are, are right there now, just behind the Yankees. Uh, but for the Red Sox, they have to win these games. The Yankees don't have to win them, but if you, if you want to keep the Red Sox out of the postseason, which I think the Yankees do want to do, then they should be trying to win these games. And there's a good chance the Yankees could meet the Red Sox, whether it's in the ALDS or the ALCS. Very good chance. And the Red Sox bounced them last year in the one-game playoff, sent them home in 18 in the ALDS. So these Yankees, these Red Sox, the core of these teams have met twice in the postseason in the last four years, and the Red Sox have eliminated them twice. And to prevent that from happening a third time this October, the Yankees could beat up on Boston here, 15 games now left after Thursdays, and keep them out of the postseason, or at least do everything they can. They can't control what the Red Sox do in their other games, but they can control what they do against them. And that's beat up on them and keep them out. And winning on Thursday goes a long way in doing that. And now Thursday, I mean, the Yankees had complete advantage with Garrett Cole on the mound, or at least you would think, at least in name. Uh, but the Red Sox, are their pitching staff is, is beat up right now. It's like Nick Pavetta is their best starter right now. You know, they've got Winkowski going on Thursday. Uh, Seabold is going to go on Friday. Like, of all these outs, Sale's still not back. They're a mess. Whitlock's hurt. They're just in a really bad spot from a pitching standpoint, and it's why they've dropped three straight, one to the Yankees, two to the Rays. And with the middle of their order, with Devers, Bogarts, Martinez, if those guys don't beat you, the Red Sox aren't going to beat you. Their starting pitching sucks. Their bullpen sucks. The rest of their lineup sucks. They, they, it's a team built around three guys who hit consecutively two, three, four. And if they don't beat you, the Red Sox can't beat you. And 
the Yankees know this. Garrett Cole knows this. And he almost let them beat him on Thursday. He had staked to the five-run lead in the third after the Donaldson Grand Slam and the Hicks solo home run. Gives two right back to Devers. Then the fifth, the Yankees score on that bizarre pop-up in the infield from Jose Trevino that ended up going down as an RBI double to give them a 6-2 lead. In the bottom of that inning, Cole gives three back on a Devers home run again in 6-5, and that's the way it'd finish out. But I get Devers went out. He scooped a first pitch. You know, he scooped that first home run, rather, for the home run. The second one, not a bad pitch either. He hit for a home run. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. I get it. But he now has seven hits against Garrett Cole, and six of them are home runs. And this Garrett Cole problem against the Red Sox is a problem. You know, he couldn't pitch well against them on opening day. Didn't pitch well against them in the one-game playoff. Hamstring issue or not, he still took the ball. He hasn't pitched well against them as a Yankee. He can't get Devers out. He's had problems with Bogarts. It's it's a problem. It's a problem, and, and he's scared of Devers. He's scared of it. If you go and you go online and you check out where those pitches or the pitches he threw to Devers on Thursday night were, they were all low. They were all away. You know, the one he got was, you know, on the blackish part, you know, maybe a little in the zone, but he's not challenging him. He's not throwing in on him. He's not throwing high. He's not trying to, you know, just use his ability to get outs. He's trying to use trickery and it's just not working. And he tried to do this in the one-game playoff when he walked Devers with two outs and then gave up the home run. And it's the, kind of the same thing here. That same thing on Thursday night. He gives up five runs, all from Devers' home runs. Two home runs, five RBIs. If you take those away, the Red Sox don't score because the, the it's the middle of the order. The middle of the order. You cannot let them beat you. The rest of the Red Sox lineup is so fucking bad Outside of those three guys, it's you. You're better off just putting them all three on base. Let Alex Verdugo or Trevor Story or Franchi Cordero, Jackie Bradley Jr., Rob Refschneider, Kevin Plowicki, Jaron Duran. Those guys aren't going to fucking beat you. They all suck. Duran, you hear enough about him? He's 0 for four with four Ks as a leadoff spot on Thursday night. Verdugo was 0 for four. Trevor Story one for four. Franchi Cordero one for four. Bradley and Ref Schneider combined 0 for four. Plowicki one for two with a walk. Like the Red Sox lineup, it's not good outside that one third. It, it just happens to be those that one third is fucking unbelievable. You know, you got Devers hitting 330 with a 985 OPS. JD's hitting 307 with an 860, and Bogart's at 311 with 839. No one fucking hits 300. The Red Sox have three guys in a row hitting above 306, 307, 311, 330. That 2-3-4 is the best in baseball. You just can't let them beat you. And I get it. I get it. Unless you're going to put them all on base, at some point you're going to have to come in the zone and they're probably going to beat you. And thankfully, you know, they beat Cole for five runs, but they didn't beat the Yankees, which is all that really matters. For the Yankees, LeMahieu was 0 for 4. Labor Torres batted second with Judge out with some lower body stiffness. I don't know what that is about. With the fact that he got pulled early on Wednesday. They had the off day. They had the off day with the rain. He didn't start a game. It's, you know, I get it. It's the Yankees and their unnecessary rest and trying to come up with a reason, but that's fine. You, they are where they are in the standings. They don't need to be playing everyone all out for the rest of the season. Carpenter batted third with Rizzo out with back problems. 
0 for 5. The the worst game Matt Carpenter's had as a Yankee, and his OPS is still 11.20. John Carlos Stanton uh, cleaned up 0 for 3 with a walk. Donaldson was 2 for 4 with the slam. Hicks 2 for 4 with the homer. Also had a triple off the wall in right. He's been better of late. I mean, he still has a 689 OPS, so it's not like you know hasn't been unbelievable. But for Aaron Hicks standards, he's been better of late. Trevino 1 for 3 with a walk. Kiner for Leffa, 0 for 4, 4 with grounders, uh, and Joey Gallo, 0 for 2 with two walks. And I just want to talk about Isaiah Kiner for Leffa for a second because he has nothing to do with the Yankees' success. I think that people think because he's on the team and the team's doing really well that, you know, he's has some part in it. He's just along for the ride. If I were on the Yankees, there would be people defending me saying, don't, you can't, change the roster look where they are they're 60 and 23 don't change anything <laughs> it's unbelievable i mean the game on thursday was a microcosm of kind of falafa season he had four at bats he saw what, like four pitches almost made four outs all ground balls all negative launch angles just smashing the ball into the ground to short if you took the entire outfield entire infield and put them between short and third like a full kind of falafa uh shift he would never get a hit ever never ever ever that's where the ball goes the first pitch or the second pitch of every at bat he fucking hammers one weekly to short or third it's amazing he's an atrocious hitter atrocious he's in the first percentile of barrel rate in the majors which means 99 percent of the league hits the ball better than isaiah kind of and his glove, it's not good. It's not good. He can't make routine plays. Every once in a while, he'll give you some web gem type play, and then he'll get a ball hit right to him that could be a 6-4-3 double play or just a normal play that he'll just throw to first, and he fucks it up. If you're going to bat like he bats, you better be Omar Vizquel in the field, and he is far from that. I mean, he's not an everyday major leaguer, but the Yankees have sort of attach themselves to him for the rest of the season. He's going to be there every day. Unless Oswald Peraza forces himself to a call-up at some point, this is it. Kiner Falefa in the lineup every day in an October. It's an automatic out. And I don't want to hear, oh, he puts the ball in play. Yeah, he puts the ball in play, and it's, an, it's a quick out. It's a first or second pitch out, or it's two outs if someone's on first. It's not good. It's not positive. And, okay, he's hitting 272. Like, okay, he's had some, you know, balls in play luck for him. He's not good. He's not good. And there's this faction of Yankees fans that, like, if you say anything bad about him, they lose their fucking mind like you're saying something about Derek Jeter. Just because Kiner Falef is on the Yankees doesn't automatically make him great if you're a Yankees fan. You know, you, know, you can be honest. It's nice. I, I root for the guy because he's a Yankee, but... I also look at the numbers and see who he is as a player, and not very good. So the the idea that the Yankees shouldn't change the roster, upgrade the roster just because they're winning is fucking foolish. The Red Sox are not a good team. It's a team they should beat the shit out of, and they beat them 6-5. to five. The Astros are who the Yankees are competing with to win the American League, and the Astros have beaten the shit out of the Yankees. If you want to say, oh, the Astros are only 3-2 and two against them, the Yankees have not led in a single game except for the two games that they hit walk-offs in. In one of those games, you know, Ryan Presley just was off that night and threw that pitch to Hicks. 
And in the other game, Dusty Baker sat all his elite relievers and let the Yankees come back. And then they go down to Houston, and they score one run like they always do in Houston. The Astros are who the Yankees need to adjust their roster for. Not the Red Sox, not the Blue Jays, not the Rays. It's to set themselves up for a potential matchup against the Astros in October that they will come out on top of, which would be in the ALCS because the two of them are getting the buys to the ALDS. So they can't meet in the ALDS, but they can meet in the ALCS, and the Yankees need to be prepared for that. And the same thing with, with Kiner Falefa goes for Cole, where like Yankees fans lose it if you say anything bad about the guy. I mean, yeah, Cole's been good. He's not here to be good. He's here to be fucking the best. That's his. That's his bar. His you know his measuring stick is being the best, not being good. You go find someone good anywhere. Jamison Tyone is is good. Garrett Cole should not be Jamison Tyone. Not even fucking close. And three walks, five hits, two home runs at Fenway, a five runs allowed in six innings at Fenway. That's not good enough. Thankfully, the offense was there. Thankfully, the Red Sox started a guy who's not any good, just like they'll start again on Friday. But that's not nearly good enough. And the bullpen, once again, fucking unbelievable. Wandy Peralta, an inning and a third, perfect. Michael King, two-thirds of an inning, one walk. Clay Holmes, perfect ninth. Just, you give the Yankees bullpen the ball with a lead, and you get to the, you know, if you get to those three, awesome. If you get to just King and Holmes, that's the goal. The goal is the starter to go seven, give it to King, give it to Holmes. Or the starter goes six or six plus, you give it to King, you give it to Holmes. That's the goal. Because at the starting pitching, those two relievers and Aaron Judge, that's that's why the team is 60 and 23. Not because of Aaron Hicks or Josh Donaldson or Isaiah Kiner for left or Joey Gallo. No. It's Judge, starting pitching, and those two relievers. So Yankees Red Sox will continue on a Friday night. Uh the, the Saturday night game, the Saturday game rather, is a night game. So There'll be a podcast after Friday's game as well um, to talk about what went on in the second game of the series. Somehow the Yankees, you know, if you're into, into betting, are only minus 154 money line on Friday with Nestor Cortez going, who's been one of the best pitchers in the American League this season. And yeah, lefty against this lineup, you know, not ideal, but or lefty in Fenway Park, period, not ideal. But Connor Seabold for the Red Sox has pitched eight and two-thirds innings this year, has allowed 18 base runners and three home runs. This is a guy the Yankees should go out and fucking pummel. Like, three runs in the first inning. This thing should be over by the third or the fourth, and you're just coasting, and, you know, it's an easy laugher. That's what, that's what you should see on Friday night. Now, I know that's hard to expect for Yankees-Red Sox at any time in any season. Um, you know, look at last night. It's 5-0. You think it's a laugher. Five minutes later, it's 6-5. But this is a game the Yankees should win. So... Yankees-Red Sox, second game of the series on Friday night. I'll be back after the game to talk about it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you after the game.